uh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Take two. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 50th episode of the Superhero Ethics Podcast. Sort of. <laughs> By which I mean, we just attempted to record the 50th episode, and due to technical difficulties, most of it went right out the window. Um, it's too late, and we're not going to actually record a full episode tonight, but we wanted to give you a teaser, because um, there's something pretty awesome happening uh, for this episode, which is that all three of us, uh, the, of the hosts, myself, Matthew, Paul, and Jacob, uh, are all here, and we're talking about kind of a retrospective of all the some of the best topics we've talked about before, all under the rubric of what does it mean to be a hero, what does it mean to be a villain, and how do these things all tie together. Um, so the three of us are going to sit down at another time and re-record this full episode, but, but we wanted to, to jump in with, with one or two um, topics just to give you an idea of what this is going to be like. Um, so guys, let me just start off by saying, when you think of a hero, who comes to mind? Who is for you the epitome of what is a hero? Like Batman. Yeah? Why? You, you mean who? Like literally who? Like who comes to mind? Or you mean like what is? Wait. Yeah, I mean what? Who, who to you exemplifies what it means to be a hero? Oh. Yeah, like Batman. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, Batman's a good choice. Uh, I actually nowadays I spring to Ang pretty quickly. Oh. Uh, because to me, Ang uh, exemplifies a lot of what what I feel is 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 a good heroic ideal. Well, and, and Ang actually is an interesting one because um, to go back to a, a different episode that neither one of you guys were on, um, there was a whole episode. I <laughs> wait, did wait, with my wait, friend. what? I know, guys. Those I've exist. been cheating on you. I have done episodes without either one of you. Um, Paulie's uh, been cheating on us. He's been casting behind our backs. Like I knew I'm about poly- you, and I was okay with it. But <laughs> I'm polycasterous, guys. It's part of my identity. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, fair. But no, there was an episode I did with my friend Rebecca um, on this idea of of what does it mean to be a chosen one, oh, and, yeah. and, oh, and okay. um, and and does the idea of um, uh, in terms of Aang, it's does the fact that Aang was sort of like he didn't choose to become the Avatar, right. he just was born into that. Does that does that make him any less heroic than someone who, like like um, Captain America, like specifically chooses to take on these powers and to step up into this role? And personally, I don't feel that it does. Uh, be, only because just because you have a. a a destiny that you're born to or whatever, like you have this thing to fulfill. He still makes choices, right? Yeah. And actually uh, early on, Aang does the not heroic thing of, you know, sort of cheesing off and, you know, running away from his responsibilities. But eventually Aang does make the conscious choices to do the right thing and try to save the world. So to me, that's what matters. I don't care if you were born to your power or if you, uh, you know, did an elective procedure that got your power or if you, I don't know, got some chemicals spilled and now suddenly you can, like, see everything with your magical ear eyes but you don't have eyes anymore. Like, it doesn't (laughs) matter to me. (laughs) Uh, What matters to me is that you make the choice. Yeah, I I think that's a good point. I think for me, I, I, I... I know that I've seen stories like this. I'm having trouble coming up with one at the t- off the top of my head right now. But a story about a person who is granted powers that they never choose and who never questions that and who just go- do- goes out and does good things with those powers, 
that that can be a cool story. But to me, it, it is when, to some extent, the character has had a moment of questioning this thing that's been thrust upon them, and 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 does have some degree of agency of saying, "I'm going to accept this 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 thing that's been put on me. I'm going to actively choose to live this life." To me, that's often the mark of a hero is when at least there, there's some degree of of them having agency in it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always it's it's the choice to risk one's own either well-being or whatever um, for the benefit of others in theory right you know um, and and yeah it doesn't really matter whether everybody's telling you um, oh this is who you are you have to do this or you're just like well someone shot my parents when I was eight so that's what I'm gonna do um, I don't I don't think it necessarily matters whether one's like more heroic than the other or whatever it's like is it heroic yeah it is okay we'll call you a hero you know and and it is even if everybody's telling you you have to say be the slayer or whatever you know you can still choose what that means right how you're going to go about doing that um and that like to me that's one of the um sort of more powerful points in buffy is when um when Buffy basically tells the watchers to bug her off, she's like, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do this myself. Thanks. You know? And, um, right. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, but <laughs> I know that was like the nineties or the early aughts, but, um, <laughs> look, there's, there's a, there isn't actually a statute of limitations on spoilers. I know, but, uh, I know, I know, but I we agree. did lose the caveat from earlier that we're going to spoil literally. Yeah, that's right. Ever created. <laughs> but, but then again, we only made that caveat after spoiling several things and being like, yep. Oh yeah, yeah. By the way. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think it's generally a general spoiler warning for everything superhero ethics, but yes, yeah. we're going to spoil pretty much everything. Yeah, and, and, um, uh, speaking of Buffy, this actually ties very nicely into into a different thing we wanted to talk about a bit. But um, so so that whole thing about being chosen, uh, there's sort of a, a flip side or a different angle to it with Faith, right? right. Who's, Faith is also a, a Slayer who's who's you know gets the power, right? right? It's not something that that she makes a conscious choice to, and how she treats that situation mm-hmm. early on and then as she develops is radically different from how how Buffy approached it. Um, for a time she does like have a stint as a i don't think anybody would argue that that she's a villain during that time uh but you know she's supposed to be born to this destiny of of saving the world against the demons the vampires and the forces of darkness yeah uh and instead she's you know breaking into places and stealing jewelry and stuff yeah right. which to me is like eh, i don't know but like i mean it's just when in she terms kills of, a like, guy that it becomes a problem yeah but then again, it's like, oh, you killed a person. It's like, you know, you've been killing people all the time. Just you're like, they're vampires, so like their lives don't matter. Right. Hash, uh, yeah, I mean, to, to me, that, that, that's that. And um, in, in the uh, podcast that lives only in the ether, uh, one of the topics we got into and we'll get into again uh, is the is the concept of who is okay to kill and who's not okay to kill. And and that that aspect of the Buffy story and the Faith story, especially, always bothered me a little bit because the human being she kills is an awful, terrible person yeah, yeah. who is. Doing mm-hmm. things to put their lives at risk, yeah. but there's a sort of conception of to kill the most, the least evil vampire. Right. It is better to kill that person than to kill a truly awful, terrible. Human. Right, right. I disagree. Um, they they never would advance the argument that it was better to kill angels than that person. They they don't, but they well, but it's still because it's this idea of having a soul. It's that right, of, of right. having yeah, a yeah. soul. 
either magically does or doesn't give you moral value in a way that um and anyway that right, gets right. into a whole so, other story so, yeah, but I think you're right has that, a soul and all that crap so he falls right. under the people who matter or whatever you know right and then later on spike but... gets a chip and suddenly he matters too it, <laughs> it's not a particularly <laughs> consistent thing <laughs> well he always had a chip but it was on his shoulder at first yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it, he he was british so it was actually just a wedge of potato right yes. there you go there you go so so but going back a bit um because i definitely I, I hear what you're saying about ang um ang to me is a kind of boring character but if we see where he's a hero um but paul why batman why, why is that to you like the epitome of a hero? I mean, basically a horrible thing happened to him. I mean, it happened to his parents, but he's the one who experienced it, really, for more than, like, however long it took them to bleed out. And, Dark. you know, it, sha- yeah. <laughs> you know it, it shaped his personal life to a great extent. You know, I mean, he, it seemed like he was very close with his parents. I mean, they, maybe they were super busy all the time and whatever, but, like, you know, the point being that then he was like, well, I don't want anyone else to go through that. You know, I don't want right. other people to lose their parents or their the people they loved or, or for, you know, people to get murdered, basically, walking through Crime Alley. Although you'd, you'd think Crime Alley might be where you'd expect that sort of thing. But, <laughs> you know, and, and so then he goes to great, you know, personal effort um, and risks his life all the time. And, you know, even... There's there's this one uh, Batman story where like I think Lucius Fox creates some kind of like bullet repelling technology where if somebody shoots at him it'll kind of like use some kind of magnetism or whatever I don't know whatever you know science fiction they use but like it to deflect the bullet before it hits him um, and someone tries to shoot him and it doesn't hit him it deflects and it, it hits this like gangster or something um and then that guy would maybe almost die and then he i think he doesn't or whatever but like but he gets really upset he's like yeah i'm never using this you know he's like i'd rather basically if someone's shooting at me that you know they just shoot me than that maybe it goes off and hits someone else and that's kind of like you know very much like who he is that he's just like um you know willing to accept great um personal risk or sacrifice um like maybe of personal life uh to try and help other people and, and have them not go through what he yeah. went through I, I mean to me some of the most powerful batman stories are the ones where he really gets the chance to see what a life could be like if he could give up the cowl and just the, when the possibility of bruce wayne getting to have a happy life without batman is presented to him and he has to accept that he's not going to make that choice um, sometimes because he realizes he can't, but other times because he realizes like that he shouldn't. Either way, to me, yeah, that that that's a real kind of personal sacrifice that to me seems real heroic. I just feel that uh, uh, Batman's one of those heroes that to me is a hero because he's broken, and mm. I don't think that you have to be. Uh, I mean, this is just me personally. I don't think you have to be broken to be a hero. And it, I'm not saying that, like, he's cheating by, like, oh, you had a tragic past, now you're a hero, good for you, here's your lollipop. No, he's he did have a tragic past, and it, it's it's oh, fantastic that he's chosen to to yeah. take up this mantle and, and try to, to help the people around him. But at the same time, it's, like, his, his genesis is, is, I feel, because something unfortunate happened to him, happened to you, isn't in my opinion, the best reason for becoming a hero. Um, I'll take it, right? I'm not yeah. saying Batman go away. 
Uh, but that's why I'm more drawn to to characters like Aang, who I, I guess it's sort of a um, a who was it Voltaire? Was Voltaire the philosopher that advanced you do the duty because it's your duty? I, I don't. Well, but I think that. But it's that well, kind I, of argument. I would say that, two things there. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, I was just trying to remember who it was, but the, the idea that you know, I think it's it's it shows more about a person, about a person's character and integrity, that they choose to do something because it's the right thing to do, because it's the right thing to do, and there isn't a, another motivating factor behind it. Well, I, I I would question a little bit your use of Aang because I feel like, and granted, I I don't think I've I've rewatched the show the way you guys have, but my memory is that a big part of what like convinces Aang to really accept the mantle that he has is when he goes back and sees the ruins of his own, you know, people, the Air Kingdom, and, and sort of sees the terrible things the Fire Nation has done to his home, and that's what really allows him to be like, yeah, I can't let this happen to other people's homes. Um, but, but, but I would also say that I think sure, like, like there's some value, sure, in, in, um, it, you're not having to go through the terrible thing first. But to me, the heroic act there is being able to extrapolate this terrible thing happened to me. How does that help me to better understand terrible things that could happen to other people, especially who don't have the privileges that I do? You know, and that's for, for sure. Batman, like, you know, Batman, like, it is a terrible thing that what happens to him, but he also has Alfred and he has his family's wealth and they take care of him in a way that he's able to understand most other people wouldn't even have that. Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um. So I would. I my 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 version of the hero though actually is one that I I don't think has a tragic backstory. But I but as I was thinking about it, I realized there's another reason why he's kind of I think my opinion of a hero. Um. And it's Scott Lang from Ant Man. Um. And it it's there's a lot of things that I love about Scott Lang in terms of him being kind of very self-effacing and and never sort of becoming you know he he's a hero, but when he meets like his own heroes, you know he's just totally in awe and kind of like wants their autograph. But it's also because, and we barely explore this about him, but Scott Lang was a hero before he got any powers. You know, he, he went to jail because he was a corporate whistleblower for all intents and purposes. Like he was working for a corporation. He figured out that the corporation was doing really shitty things. And so he used his, his computer skills to, to, to basically undo a lot of evil things that this corporation was doing. Um, and, and and to me, like, there's a great story of, you know, the Tony Stark kind of thing of I've been a shitty person. Now I have powers. I'm going to stop being a shitty person and try and do something better. But I love Scott Lang because he's just kind of always been a hero. He's always tried to do the good thing. Just now that he's got the Ant-Man suit, he can do so many more good things. Yeah, I mean, that's a very real world um, heroic thing to do, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad that we can't do the callback to the insider because that's basically what that's about. But um, in the lost mm. recording, we yeah. mentioned the insider, which was a much better movie than Gladiator. Um, less blood, though. Uh, <laughs> we, we also mentioned that as well that it was a much better yeah. movie than Gladiator. Also, just now, I've been trying to interject for the last like five minutes, but I had my mic off, which is also funny because that, <laughs> that was in the lost recording. Look, you're bringing it back. You're bringing it all yeah, back. Bringing it all Kant. back. It's just it's all. It was it Kant. All, it all fits together. Sorry, the the um, philosopher I was trying to think of earlier is Kant. Oh, Kant. Sorry. Okay. Continue. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I just want to say a couple things about Aang, and then... Um, yeah. Actually, well, yeah, so, I mean, Aang is interesting. I agree with Matthew's point that 
to an extent that Aang does have a similar moment when he sees, like, you know, I mean, like, all his people were murdered, you know, they were just straight up genocided, all the airbenders killed by the Fire Nation, and he isn't like, oh, I want to get revenge on the Fire Nation for this, he's like, I need to stop the Fire Nation from continuing to do horrible things, because clearly they've gone deeply awry, because they were, like, not super evil when he was a kid, you know, or when he was, before he was frozen in ice for a hundred years or whatever, but... But Aang is, while he does have this really tragic backstory, if you look at it, I mean, all of that happened while he was on ice, but um, he's not broken. You know, he's not broken the way Batman is. It's like he doesn't... He, yeah. He, he just processes it, and it's sort of like Dick Grayson, you know? Like, Dick Grayson is yeah. not broken the way Bruce Wayne is. He's he's re- he's right. wrestling with it. Like, yeah, he's I mean, not he's, as, you know, he's, he's not... He's not Adam West, like, Batman, who certainly right. is not suffering from the right, death of right, his parents. Right, exactly. but, he, but he's not broken. Yeah, he's not broken by it. Yeah, he's he has grief and he processes the grief and then he proceeds um, to do what he thinks he should do the way he thinks he should do it. Um, and and he's he's one of my favorite heroes and one that you know maybe I relate to as much or more than than like say a Batman. But um, but Scott Lang also I, I I think that's awesome. I mean I. I do really like that he did heroic things before you know he ever gets any powers you know it's like that's he he does risk his well-being you know his job his his um interaction with his family you know all of that because he's like well this corporation can't just keep doing these things it's not okay you know and i can stop them so i'm gonna stop them because i'm someone who can and that very much to me is like what a hero is Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hear that. Uh, well, and, and I, we only have got a, a little bit more time before uh, I'm going to have to go. Um, so let me uh, flip it around to who are the villains you think we've seen that are the most heroic, like that come closest to being a hero or just that you're like on some level rooting for? So uh, I'm going to fulfill our contractual obligation now and <laughs> actually, in, and actually say Wilson Fisk. <laughs> Although, there we go. I, I just—I I, thought you were going to say something bad about Zack Snyder, but oh well, no, that was that was for you. Like, oh. it was a, hey, listen, guys, I was all ready to stop the Snyder bashing, and now he's yeah. making an Anne Rand movie. So Snyder Wait, bashing now? is back on. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah he's, he's making. What's... He's making a movie of the Fountainhead. Oh, um, so... that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so any, you anyway, sent, Matthew, you sent me that Kingpin. earlier, and I, my reaction was actually to just sit there at my desk and say, "Son of a." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which uh, is unfortunate because I was at work. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> okay. For, for all of you playing superhero ethics bingo at home, you can now check off the Zack Snyder has been bashed box, and we're about to check off the Kingpin box. Yes. Yeah, so, Take it away, Jay. So, so uh, Wilson Fisk's agenda, right? What he's trying to do ultimately is actually heroic. What 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 Wilson Fisk's objective is is to to clean up his town right he wants to make his place safe i think it's pronounced gentrify yes yeah 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 okay and so i don't i don't agree with with how he's doing it right but he does want to try to make it so that nobody has to go through what he went through it's almost identical if not identical to batman's motivation Mm -hmm. i don't want that to happen to anybody else so i'm gonna do something about it um yeah in that way I feel you can classify Wilson Fisk as heroic. Mm-hmm. I do not think Wilson Fisk is a hero because I do not agree with his methodology 
the allies he chooses to make, um, sometimes the, the the various choices he's making along the way. You know, there's a lot of problems, but at the core, the principal idea I feel is sound and is shared with Daredevil. It was something that we've talked about yeah. at length on this podcast about how yeah. Daredevil and Wilson Fisk, how Matt Murdock and Wilson Fisk, want the same thing ultimately, but are going about it in radically different ways. Yeah, and they have different ideas of what they think Hell's Kitchen should be, you know, um, or what it is, or what's good about it. Um, Yeah, to me, I guess, you know, as far as heroes who or villains who are heroes or whatever, like, I mean, I think if Thanos didn't have such a terrible plan, like Thanos, you know, um, like, he wants to reduce suffering, like, that's cool, I'm on board Mm -hmm. with that, he has a, he has a, he just doesn't have a good way of going about it, you know? Uh, it doesn't make any sense, like, mathematically, um, you know? But um, I'd say um, Magneto would be my first choice, really. Um, yeah. In that he yeah. basically just, like, wants to keep his people from getting genocided again, you know? And, like, I'm down with that. Like, you know, like, that's, yeah. that's a pretty straight-up heroic thing to do. Again, he often goes about it in ways that are, like, really eric like you're gonna really um but you know i i understand where he's coming from and i think in the somewhere lost in the ether we were talking about how like of course the u.s government would create sentinels if mutants were a thing and sentinels were the way to stop them you know of course they would and of of course they'd go around trying to round up all the mutants and or just just register them just register them at first you know um, yeah, yeah, like and, the, yeah, like of course that would happen, you know. And I mean, yeah. the mutants would win, obviously, because they're <laughs> they're way more powerful, you know. <laughs> like, um, like I, 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 that's maybe my only slash biggest problem with, um, you know, the the sort of the mutant verse or the you know the the X Men side of of the Marvel world is like. Right. I don't see how the mutants wouldn't just win, like, all the time, you know? Yes. Um, except that they're not really a unified well, group, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and Xavier keeps stopping them. But, I think you're right, and, and actually what, the, what, what you're listening about, about Magneto is kind of what I also see in a person I would say is my favorite hero, in that what Magneto does, to me one of the most important things he does, is he points out how the actual heroes are wrong. Right. Like, yeah. Magneto... Magneto is asking really important questions that critique our heroes, yeah. and I don't always agree with the answers he gives, but I think the questions he raises are completely legitimate. Absolutely. And, and to me, that's the exact same thing that's done by the person I would say is my favorite villain, uh, Killmonger. Um, oh, 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 I thought you were going to go with Amanda Waller, but no, oh. Killmonger's oh. a good choice. Yeah. I mean, to me, Amanda Waller yeah, isn't even a villain in some ways, but yeah, she, yeah. Amanda Waller would, would also be up there. But both, yeah, because both of them are, yeah, and like good. Magneto... <laughs> You know, Killmonger is pointing out so much that is wrong with yeah. Wakanda and yeah. the way, you know, Black Panther is doing yeah. things and all this. And the fact that at the end of the Black Panther movie, like, Wakanda is changing in large part because they're recognizing mm-hmm. that he had a – that Killmonger had a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, that's when I'm like, OK, that villain is, is, is so on, yeah. even if I don't get where he wants to go at the end. Right, um, right. His – I mean, it's another one of those, like – I mean, here's – Here's basically what makes a good movie comic book villain is someone who's right that the heroes are wrong, but then they come up with like a stupid plan 
that the heroes can stop, (laughs) and then the heroes can be like, okay, let's understand that guy's point, and then try and, like, do better in the future. But, like, which, like, you know, in Justice League, like, Amanda Waller basically is, like, well, the Justice League is way too powerful, and if they wanted to take over Earth, they could. You know, we'd just be hosed. Yeah. So, you know, she comes up with a plan to... Actually, in, in Justice League, she's not even really... She's not the one with a bad plan. I mean, her plan is to let Lex Luthor get in the Oval Office, which, like, yeah, that's a bad plan, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, it, it's her, her, it's more the method is, you know, it's like she's willing to kind of make a, a deal with, with the devil in order to stop the heroes who might become devils or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, um, yeah I think those are both great examples. And, I mean, I, I you know, I thought Eric was um, the best part of Black Panther. I mean, I, I like him more than I like in term, and I mean like, I mean I like agree with him more than I agree with the other characters, mm-hmm. like the heroes, you know, than, than I agree yeah. with Black Panther, you know. And, and clearly uh, T'Challa ultimately ends up agreeing with Killmonger as well. Yeah, he yeah, recognizes... he understands that he's right but that his, his solution is batshit insane, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. your methods and, suck, but... Yeah. And, and one thing I think that is really important actually... Uh, and here's a way in which I think Killmonger is almost even a little bit – I think in part because of the, the acting performance of Vincent D'Onofrio, there's just nothing that's going to top that role. But like in some ways, Killmonger hits a whole other level of hero, of heroic villain that not even Kingpin does, yeah. or, or at least in terms of the dramatic power of it, which is that King uh, Killmonger and I think Magneto to some extent – Hit the like the reason why he's doing the things he's doing yeah. is as a direct result of the actions of our heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, like yeah. Than- Thanos, we agree with, but but or we, we we can kind of agree with, but the Avengers didn't do any of the things that made Thanos so right. Upset, There's some you know? backstory, however long ago, of whatever happened to his home right. world. Matt Murdock didn't have anything to do with making no. um yeah. uh you know uh, Kingpin who he is. Right, right. But like. The actions of Wakanda are are what created Killmonger. You know the yeah, actions yeah, of sure. or uh, the Professor inactions X. of Wakanda, right? You know? The inactions of Professor yeah. X and the yeah. sort of um, assimilationist ideas mm-hmm. they create Magneto. Right, it's true. Um, it's true. Well, and uh, Professor X is actually a great example, in my opinion, of the flip side of this whole discussion, which is heroes who are actually kind of villains. Mm. Or who yeah. do villainous things. If if you actually examine Charles Xavier, he's another person who we completely understand his motivations. He seems to have these you know, really good set of ideals, a a strong moral center. But Charles Xavier manipulates people mm-hmm. and is like he mind controls people, he uh spies on people. Like these are not the actions that I would want my hero to take. To, he, he recruits children and then tries to mold them into his soldiers, basically. <laughs> yep, but that's all, that's part and parcel with manipulating people. But yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's an even yeah. scarier way yeah. of of phrasing it. Yeah, you, um, you know, I hadn't made this connection before, but tying us into the uh, conversations that we had about the Last Jedi and um, the critique of the Jedi, in a lot of ways, Professor X is all the things that were wrong about the Jedi. Hmm. You know, that idea of just, like, we know what is best, we will use our powers of mind control and of, like, dictating how other people live and, and you know, programming them almost because we know what is right. Right. Um, Indoctrinate well, them when they're young. Yeah. That that said, actually, my biggest problem with Professor X might be that he doesn't use his powers more in certain cases mm-hmm. to, like, 
like it seems like there's a lot of cases where he's where he could avert certain horrible outcomes but like his morals get in the way kind of like he does yeah you which know, is funny but, because because he does those things anyway in other yeah. circumstances you know what i mean like it, well, and, and it that actually boils down in a lot of cases to he's unwilling to do to use his powers on people that matter did something cut out I think I think we lost Jacob. Oh, uh, we lost. We, we, we were doing so well for such a short time. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go in a minute or two. So let's see if Jacob comes back. Okay. Um. Yeah. We we kind of got the do heroes have trauma question a little bit. Can they have healthy families? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. I was really like, I don't think we ever get like Scott Lang. Like he lost his kid, and that kind of like. I, I don't think losing custody counts as great trauma. Right, right. He doesn't have a trauma also that came from outside of himself. He lost custody of his kid because he chose to be a hero, right. basically. Right? Yeah. So it's like that even also plays up the heroic thing of like he took actions that he knew might have would have certain consequences or could have certain consequences. And he risked all that anyway because he felt like it needed to be done. Um, right. And, you know, as a result... But the, the, one of the other things about Ant-Man that's just great is that the, like, stepdad isn't just horrible. Oh, God, that's such a good part of that movie, you yeah. You know? Um, like, the two... It, it, is such, yeah. it, it is such a trope of, you know, A, that the stepdad isn't horrible, and that B, the romance isn't him attempting to get back with his ex-wife. Right, right, right. It's like he's trying to get back to being able to be a relevant person to his daughter. That's it. And to be able to have contact with his family, not to be able to, like, just make everything like it was before. Because it, it, right. it doesn't make sense that it, it would be. And then the other best thing about that, because we're just spoiling everything and maybe not even recording this part right now, I don't know. Um, I'm still recording. <laughs> is, like, the other trope of, like, the mentor always dies. And they're like, no, not yeah, yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> he gets injured, yeah. but he's back. Right. It's like, no, we're just not going to go that way. And there's, so there's just a bunch of tropes that they're like, eh. yeah. If an Oscar-winning actor agrees to be in your movies, get, get, don't kill him off. Right. Him. Exactly. Um, um. Anyway, Jacob, it sounds like you're back, and we uh, we do need to go, but I want to give you a last chance to respond to the stuff we've been talking about. But Winter Soldier was awesome, anyway. Okay, go ahead. You, you mean you mean yes. the stuff that you were talking about while I was uh, tragically disconnected? I'll do the last stuff you did hear us talking about. What, what, what kind of last comments do you want to make? Well, the last thing that I remember was when I talked about... Uh, I, the last thing I heard was myself saying the thing about <laughs> Professor X. So I have no idea what right, you Right, yeah, that's the last I thing I come back and you're talking also. about Ant-Man, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and there is an ant crawling up my wall right now, and I'm definitely okay. not squashing it. Cause... Anyway, so I think that's probably a good uh, place for us to wrap up. Uh, as I said, this was going to be just a short uh, teaser episode. But uh, hopefully you guys have thoughts on uh, – you, you, the audience at home, have thoughts on what we've been talking about. You can email us, tweet at us, or Facebook us, uh, all at Superhero Ethics, uh, or the email is superheroethics at gmail.com. Um, and again, this is just a kind of short intro, and we're going to be doing a much longer episode where we get into all of these conversations and talk about um, you know, all the different aspects of, of heroes and who a hero can kill and um, – what you know? What happens when heroes are doing things that we might find questionable, or what happens when someone who's supposed to be a hero doesn't hit the record button at the right time? Yeah. Um, all these things we're going to discuss. Um, so, on behalf of myself, Paul, Jacob, thank you guys all. Have a good night.
You said I'm supposed to be a hero. I mean, you were supposed to be the one that saves us, and by saves us, I mean saves the audio project file right now. Oh, so, uh, yeah. So, so I so, hit yeah. the X button. No, 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 no. <laughs> Do not hit the X button. God fucking damn it, Paul. 